you know, when you start looking at real estate, I've done every part of it. I've done sales. I've represented sellers, buyers. I've done commercial deals that were millions of dollars. I've done single family homes that were 80 grand, built tons of houses, owned a ton of rental properties. I've walked in the house, not just like, hey, let me videotape how great I am. And I saw it like I've done all of that kind of stuff. I've interviewed tons of tenants. I've evicted plenty of people. I've done all of that and, I, and I've learned how to do it really, really well. So the information I've passed on, I'm not guessing at it. I will tell you that real estate is not for everybody. It's a very emotional business, which is hard to believe, but it is. Because if somebody's not paying you rent and you own the building, and if it's your only building or you have two, three family homes and you have your own primary residence, money's already tight, and this can put you in a spot where you can't pay your own bills, that's freaking emotional. All right, so welcome to Punch Me in the Face, another episode of the podcast. And what we're going to talk about today is so much information out there about real estate, real estate investing, how I can go make money in real estate. What are the and I want to tell you about my experience in real estate because I think that should give you the foundation for then the opinions and training, the coaching that I'm going to provide. So I, I just think that's important. I, I think you don't go from wanting to make an extra five hundred thousand dollars a month to becoming an alleged billionaire, and then like. All you're talking about is what it's like to be here. Yeah, dude, I hear you. But what I want to walk you through is what that what it looks like to actually be successful in the real estate business, like to, to actually and and what you'll do that will ensure you that you are unsuccessful in the real estate business. Okay, so for me, when I thought about a second income and I was working my full time job. Real estate was attractive to me purely because um, I'm a staple kind of person, right? Give me something that everybody is in, everybody has to have. Everybody's got to have a place to live where they rent or buy. Everybody's got to live somewhere, right? So when I got my real estate license, I really was trying to figure out where I would fit, right? And truth be told, I got into construction before real estate. So for me, what happened was, the very first project I did was uh, there was a guy I knew that was looking to to do some new construction. You know, he wanted to buy property, put a home up, sell it, right? And I was asking him a lot of questions like, what did he need from me? And what he wanted from me was a partner. Like he knew the construction side really well. I played ball with him. He thought I, I you know, that I'd be good at sales and good at managing like a lot of the project. And so we partnered, like right down the middle. You know, the money was 50%, 50% in, 50 out. It was easy, right? And we originally went to a bank, which is what I did. Went in the bank, said, hey, I had never done this before, you know. And I became such a student of real estate. I got, and the reason I decided to get my license was really at first only to, I was like, well, if we're going to sell the property and list it, why would I not have the license? The sale price was four hundred fifty grand, but why would we pay somebody, you know, twenty five thousand dollars? Like, why wouldn't we keep the six percent if we sold it for a little over four hundred grand? Like, why would we not keep that money? And then I said to my partner, I'm going to keep that money. I'm getting my real estate license. I'm investing in it. I'm in time. I'm going to do it. So whether I get half of it or all of it, I'm going to keep the money. Okay, so that was how I got introduced to the concept of being a real estate agent was really just to sell 
a project or additional projects. And of course, I thought we would do a lot more, which we did. So we did a lot more, right? But to 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 walk you through it, my first lot was on Witter Road in Salem, Connecticut. And we actually bought, we negotiated and bought two right across the street from each other, you know. Um, bought the lots for, I think, 60 and change a piece. Um, they were fully developed. So when you're doing land, when you're purchasing land, you have to understand um, where you are in the approval process. So when you decide to buy a lot, you hire an attorney, right? You're going to, you're going to purchase it, right? The real estate agent knows what he or she knows. Um, no matter what you do in life, get a good attorney, no matter what you're doing in business. Um, and then I've, I also found that I need to get a good engineer, good engineering firm. So what I would do is I would look at these lots. I'd see what it's, you know, what, what they were listed for. I'd see what was done for engineering, right? Were they fully approved? I'd go to the town. That's free, by the way. In Connecticut at the time, I could go to any town I wanted to. And find either the town planner, the head of planning and zoning. If it was a wetlands issue, like I could go find people at the town. Be nice to the town clerk. Tell them who I am, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for information on this address, you know, and I could ask questions. Is it a fully approved building lot? Is there any, I mean, is there anything that anybody's waiting on? If I bought this lot today and I wanted to apply for a building permit with y'all, is there anything on the, on the lot itself that I need to be aware of? Any restrictions? That's a big deal. What restrictions are there? Are there things I can and can't build? You know, can you give me the proposed plot plan? So they have a, they, I'm, I'm, I can speak to Connecticut and I'll assume most states are relatively similar. You know, somebody proposes, a, you know, here's your building lot. Your engineer goes in and says, hey, I'd plot the house here. If city sewer, city water is available, here's how we tie in. If there's no city sewer, city water, you got to put your own well and your own septic in. And here's my proposal. Here's what it looks like. Here's the engineering required, all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, that's free. So networking was huge for me in real estate. So got my license. We build the house. I actually built two of them. I find that, you know, one was a couple looking to retire, older, Love the house, love location. This is it. We're going to be here forever. Cool, life is good. Another one, young family. One family, very difficult to deal with. One family, very easy to deal with, right? But it was it was what it was, okay? And at the end of the day, it's getting it was getting people to understand that, you know, I wanted as much information as I could about everything that was land, Land, like, forget about land developing, purchasing lots, new construction, building houses. And I became a student. I learned all kinds of stuff about offsets and 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 um, test holes and soil samples and engineered septic systems. And what I did was I asked a ton of questions. You know, the sound, the, the town sanitation, per, like, I would find people that would give me information. And most people don't do that. So most of my conversations early on was them talking to me, listening and asking questions when they were done talking. So sold those two houses, probably made, you know, 150 grand in pure profit in two, 75 grand a piece, not so bad. Made my other piece, I actually think I had both sides of one of them. 
So it's another 25 grand that came to me, like to my real estate company, and then another 12 and change the other ones. So it wasn't so bad, you know, 40 grand in real estate commissions, give or take, 75 grand was my half, made 100 and change, paid taxes on it, had my job. I was like, real estate's a pretty cool deal. Now, I, I, I'm a big believer in knowing who the bigger bear is and knowing how to be prepared and knowing how to be educated, okay? Um, we subsequently built dozens and dozens and dozens of houses, and it went really well for the most part. There were some that were better than others, obviously. But that was my first and my, my first entry into real estate. But then after I got to work with the buyers, and I was a seller, so that was, you know, I learned that, like, Real estate is a pretty cool deal. As I started thinking, okay, I worked four or five hours with that individual buyer and I made myself, I actually had both sides. So I made myself $25,000 and that was my commission. Like it was a little over $400,000. Final sale price, 6%, 25 and change. You know, I paid my broker. They took out, man. So like that was the total to the company. I should clarify that that was told the company because i was early in my career i didn't have the i didn't have the comp i ended up getting i probably got from them 17 or 18 so i figured still not bad right so that was my first introduction to to real estate and what i also realized at that moment in time was i was going to become a high producer and then i was going to want a better deal i think it's what happens a lot of people in real estate when you do more volume, you should never be treated the same. And treat the same for me wasn't like putting my name up on leaderboards and stuff. I was fine with that, but it was pay me. So when I was in real estate, I was at three different companies. I, I, and really what I did was when I became one of the top people or the top person in the company, I was like, or that agency, but I would never nationally number one person in my, my deal. But it was like, I'm doing more volume than everybody else or almost everybody else. I don't want the same deal. That's not fair. And that was always my thought process. So I think I started off and my commission was like, I don't know, 65 or 70%. And there were a bunch of other fees in there. But even before I did that, what I negotiated, that's why I had a higher cut on this, was I said, if I bring the person, if it's my property, I build it, right? I bring the person in. Like, it's already mine. I'm not taking that. I wanted whatever it was, 95%. And they allowed me to do that. That was their, that was their deal. They allowed me to do it. So it allowed me to be able to negotiate. And I think that's a struggle. A lot of people in real estate, you're negotiating with your clients. Why are you not negotiating with the people you work with? Now, if you, I hire you and you make three sales a year and you all want more money, I go, for what? But if you, you work with me and you make four sales a month and the average, and the average sales half a million dollars and the average person in my office is doing, you know, a half million a year, well, like, so, but it's always, so anyway, that's just, that's, I could, we could talk about that for a long time, how to negotiate your comp in real estate. So I did that, listed my own houses, sold them. And then I went to other guys that were general contractors and said, Hey, listen, let me list your projects. So that was my first, that was how I got my listings to begin with. I, I didn't do many buyers there. It was mostly sellers. So I was selling my own stuff continuing to, to buy more properties. Then I went from individual lots. The two I bought were still individual. They weren't like, I bought two individual lots. Then I went to buying 
uh, groups of lots and subdivisions. So you had a subdivision of 29 approved lots. I'd buy four at one time. And then I was like, and every time I was like, it was like, please don't like, remember the movie American Gangster when a guy was like, dude, I'll just go myself to get the product. Like, why do I have to go through all these middlemen? Like, I'll go to, you know, Vietnam, like, I'll go. Like, why do I have to? My deal was like, wait a minute. If I'm in construction, I don't need to pay a real estate agent. I'll become a real estate agent. If I'm buying a lot, how do I get to the land that's raw? So I'm not paying that markup of them taking it to subdivision, them getting them approved, them doing the engineering, them hiring an attorney. Why don't I just get it raw and save all that? So I went and started doing that. So I was looking at big pieces that were raw. I would bring those pieces into my engineer, found a good engineer and an attorney. What do you know about this town? We don't know a lot. We do know a lot. And every time I did that, I found a local, I have my own attorney, but I was like, find me the guy or girl in that town that is really good, that has been in front of that board a bunch of times. They just know, they know the lay of the land better. It doesn't mean they're going to, everything's still going to be as above board as it gets, but it's very subjective. You got a nine people in planning and zoning and you got to get a quorum, a vote of whatever, five or six. And if they know what the town and or the board is or isn't looking for, that's going to give me an ability to make an educated decision. So like, it wasn't that deep for me to be able to do that. So then I started getting a raw land. So I'd buy my first one I bought, I think was four lots, cut, cut 21 acres into four lots. Biggest I ever did was a 68 acre parcel. We cut into 12. I didn't do anything that was thousands and thousands of, and some of the ones that I wasn't sure about, I did an option on it. So I might give you 25 grand, I might do some due diligence for six months, go to the town. I mean, I had one that was $50,000 option. I just walked away from it. We were trying to do a, a over 65 deal. The town's appetite wasn't what we thought it was. You know, after five or six months, I was like, we'll probably maybe kind of get it. Then they'll appeal it. The neighbors aren't like, it just was, it was an uphill battle. We just, I forfeited my money. I was like, you know, taxes, I would have paid half that in taxes anyway. So, you know, I, it's a write-off. Here's what it cost me. So that was, I, I did that. And then as I got into that, I'm like, why don't I buy multifamily properties? So I bought my first two or three multifamily properties. What did I learn about that? I never, I never wanted to buy single family homes or duplexes. There would only be three and above, three, four, five, six, eight, 10, 12 units. I never bought one that had thousands of units. So of my own money, I never did that. Um, and a lot of that was financing. I found out who would finance, who wouldn't, what the rates would be. You know, so I learned a lot of that along the way. And I can talk to you about that. What to do with your tenants. You know, what your leases should look like. What your due diligence actually should be. What do you do when you have to evict? What's the most effective way to evict people? What are you looking for in a tenant? You know, how do you do the property management? Who do you pay? What about the maintenance? You know, so those are things I learned along the way. I got in the point where I had hundreds of units. Um, and I did, I did very, very well with those. Sold those all pre-COVID. Um, really was just trying to get into a different industry. And my attention and my energy was, there was still too much over here in real estate was bleeding in. So I'm like, you know what? Let me kind of, let me get out and sell them all as one big package. Um, yeah, timing was great for me because, you know, six weeks after closing, you get like COVID hits. And then however many months after that, you get this, you know, don't pay rent and you can't collect it. And then there's a stay on evictions. And that would have been a, That'd have been a tough year and a half for me, two years. That'd have been a, I mean, I was making money, but hell, I mean, you know, especially when they're financed, it's, you know, some of them were, it, it would have been a run. So I did a lot of that, um, found my way in there when I was doing the multifamilies to a different real estate company because they gave me a better deal. They actually gave me money to come over. 
And I was like, what would you give me? We'll give you money to come over. We'll hire you an assistant. And then here's the commissions. Here's your bo- monthly bonus. You know, I wasn't, the office didn't excite me. Yeah, you, know, you can have this office, didn't care. You know, name on the billboard, that's that. I, what will you pay me? What is my difference in pay? You know, um, so did a ton of that. Um, and all the while did sales. I, I took on some buyers, had my own specific rules of buyers, and I can walk you through that. What do you look for in a buyer? What do you run from in a buyer? You know, what kind of agreement do you have with an, with a buyer? You know, people would show up and, you know, if you wanted me to show you a property, you, you signed a buyer agreement. If you didn't want to sign it, don't sign it. If I want to sign it to specific that one property, Sean, then don't work with me. I'm not mad at you. What, I'm good because I'm here on Tuesday at 3? I'm not going to do that, man. So um, I learned a lot of that. And I just kind of found my way to a different industry eventually, you know, or I would still probably uh, still invest in real estate heavily. I'm doing a few projects right now where, you know, where we bought the lots. I say we, there's some partners. I'm a lot less hands-on, which means you make less of it when you're less hands-on. And I expect to do that. I'm totally good with that. When I was the agent, the guy buying the land, the guy doing the development, the guy doing the building, the guy doing the selling, man, I got my, I got paid every, on every level, but I earned every level. Now I'm the guy that says, let me see the project. I got a guy that looks at projects after I look at them. He goes through everything with fine tooth comb. My attorney looks at them. We do our due diligence. And then I go, yeah, here's a million dollars. And here's what I expect to get on it in six, 12, 18, 24 months, you know, but we're splitting that up. There's money to be made everywhere, but as long as I can make my money, I'm good. You know, if I have very, very minimal risk and a return, life is pretty good. And especially in the market that we have now, it's a better return than I can get anywhere else. So it works really well for me. So that, you know, when you start looking at real estate, I've done every part of it. I've done sales. I've represented sellers, buyers. I've done commercial deals that were millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars. I've done single, you know, family homes that were 80 grand. I mean, like whatever, that's why I, I, I'd help you. I, I was smart about my time as I got forward and what I would invest in and what I wouldn't invest in. I've had agents that I worked with and I trained that were on my team. I've done land developing. I've done the rawest of land there is, walked it through a raw piece that was beaten to death, you know, got in their machines, sold the stone off to people that you sold the lumber off, put roads in, worked with the town, worked with the state. I've done that very much hands-on. Built tons of houses, um, done really what flipped tons of houses. In the midst of all this, I did a lot of flips, owned a ton of rental properties. I've done about all of it. I've done it. I, I, I've done it. I, I've I've walked in the house, not just like, hey, let me videotape how great I am. And I saw it. Like, I've done all of that kind of stuff. I've gotten a phone call when the septic system backs up into the house. And you got to deal with the city because it's city sewer, but then it's, it's it's your pipe and it's so many feet off the road and then your rotor rooter and the guy in there to come in the property and see what you can do and you're trying to figure out where the, where the where it's broken or what happens and then you get your insurance and then service master wants to clean it up like I've I've done all that I, I I've interviewed tons of tenants I've evicted plenty of people you know I've negotiated with people to 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 not have to evict them but like here's the deal so. I've done all of that and I, and I've learned how to do it really, really well. So the information I've passed on, I'm not guessing at it. Um, I will tell you that real estate is not for everybody. It's a very emotional business, which is hard to believe, but it is because if somebody's not paying you rent and you own the building, and if it's your only building or you have two, 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 three family homes and you have your own primary residence and money's already tight. And this can put you in a spot where you can't pay your own bills. That's freaking emotional. 
It's emotional when the money's really important. You go, well, it's not emotional when the money's not important. It's not near as emotional, dude. If it's emotional, then you got problems. Like it's business. You still have to make good business decisions, get a good ROI, right? But, you know, I didn't run around and, and you know, with a calculator and every 12 seconds call my my 17 people on my team and ask them, you know, what the cap was here, what that, dude, ain't that complicated. I was like, what's it cost me to carry it? What are my incidentals in the high end every single month? What can I expect for an occupancy rate? What's the rent? What does that number look like? Is there enough in there, enough of a cushion there for me to make it? There is. I buy it. It's worst case scenario. I break even on it. Cool. Got it. What does real estate always do? It, it, I mean, it event. It just continues to work itself out. Find me a, a, a place in the country where you can go. Twenty years ago, it was more expensive to live there than it is now. I mean. Very few and far between, dude, unless they've run the place in the ground. Even some of these cities that you think they're going to run into the ground, a lot of the projects I'm doing now are in cities that everybody said were dead. And they boomed, they fell apart, and they boom again. It's just what real estate does, you know? So for me, it made a ton of sense to to do it that way, right? It really did. So um, when I, I share all this with you to tell you that I've been there and I've done it, and I can share with you the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I can share with you what I would do if I was you. And I can answer questions that you have because I did it for, I'm still doing it. I got my insurance license in my early 20s. It was 25 plus years later. And I, I've made a lot of money doing it. And it's been really good to me, you know? Um, and again, it's something I'll always be involved in on some level forever. As probably more as an investor now and much, much more. I'm completely passive. And I like that. <clears throat> You know, money comes in and it's like, what was that from? That was this, we did this. And we just got, okay, cool. Like, life's good. Like, I'm, I'm good. And you develop different networks and partnerships of people that are doing what I was doing back in the day. They're like, like I was, I'm the bank now, you know, and, and I like being the bank better. And I like, the other part's pretty cool, but I like the passivity of it, you know? So I share all that with you so you know that I'm not guessing at any of this. Um, I've probably done it if it involves real estate. Um, if you're just getting looking to get in and your your idea is you're gonna buy penthouses on Fifth Avenue, I would like start like come back to Earth and like be here with us. Investing in somebody else's fund is not be when you give somebody else your money because they're accumulating a bunch of money from a bunch of different people and you get a little return on it, dude, that's okay. But you're not learning how to fish. You're just giving somebody some money until they stop doing that one day and you're on to something else. Learn how to be hands-on in about every aspect that you'd like to be, um, which is why I did so well in it. There was, as the money kept, that's the reason I decided to become, the reason I decided to start building houses, I GC, general contracted my first house. And I was like, wow, anybody could do this. If they say you can't, they'll let anybody could do it. Doesn't mean you'd be good at it, but anybody could decide to go ahead and go, you know what? The lot's approved. I got to call on it. I got to call a guy that can clear it. After he does that, I got a guy that can dig the hole of the house. After he does that, call a guy that does concrete, pours footings, and and gets me a foundation. After we do that, so I'm gonna put the sill plate on, frame frame me a house. It's not complicated. We do that and put some floors and windows. I mean, put some some you know, put a roof on and put some windows in. And I mean, like, dude, this isn't that complicated. You're not do. You just have to be able to network all those and rough plumbing, rough electrical, and insulate and do all things you got to do. And every every city's different, state's different. And you have a building inspector that they like. You can't move on without it being done properly anyway. So like, there's kind of a fail safe in place. 
then I, then I can teach you when to pay people, when not to pay people. I don't pay them too early, do you? You know, so it's just all these things I've done. And this is the stuff that I want to be able to provide at my channel because a lot of people are looking just for a second income or some kind of passive cash flow and they're sold on this. And it's like, dude, there's a long way between this road and this one up here. And if you don't know how to get there, you can't get there. You have no shot, none at all. So we'll, we'll teach you how to progress. Maybe you'll fall in love with, you know, land developing. You want to learn about that. I mean, you know, I had an old gentleman when I first got in. I said, why land? He said, they're never going to make more land, son. And I was like, guess you're right. I can't really argue that. I, the land we have here is the land we're going to have. So, you know, it's getting people to understand those concepts. Um, this is what you're going to get here. We're going to punch you in the face and hit you straight. Um, you're going to get punched in the face in real estate. I punched in the face figuratively a lot. Um, hell, on some job sites, I thought guys would punch me in the face because I was pretty pissed about what they were or weren't doing. And I stood up for myself and I was thinking, bro, if you do, good luck. You might pour concrete well, but you, you know, you, you better, you, you better have an old guy tell me one day he was arguing with a guy a, on a construction crew. And he said, he said, son, if you fall asleep and have a dream about kicking my ass, you better wake up and fucking apologize to me. And I was like that. I was always like, that's great, dude. He was crazy, crazy dude. Um, you know, but just understanding what it's all about. Um, I've been in every part of it. We're going to provide it. If you have questions, if you want to reach out, if you want information, you know, if you want to connect, let me know. Share, like, subscribe. Appreciate you watching the podcast. But there's got it. We're going to give a lot of information, pertinent, no bullshit. Here's the way it works. Here's the way it doesn't work. Here's what can happen when you can do it. Here's how to access capital. Here's how you borrow the money. Teach you all that kind of stuff too. It's 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 straightforward. But it's got to be more than just jumping around screaming and trying to get you excited on with all these other bullshit, you know, quotes and and this and that. That ain't going to make you freaking financially independent. It ain't going to make you rich. It's not going to help your family pay your bills. But this shit will. So appreciate y'all.